we're gonna do today is probably one of my favorite versions of a worship service we do here at TAF. And that's because I never know what's gonna happen. You see, we're gonna have a panel discussion and sure there are some canned questions, but there's also a lot of unknown. I don't really know where we're gonna go. And, I, and that's probably as the attorney in me that likes that, but I like it when I don't know what's coming. Most people don't, but I do. So if you're watching online, you can be involved too. If you have any questions for us, you can text it to 336-543-0316. And if you're in the audience too, you can text it too. I'll have my phone out here and I'll be getting those text messages about questions that you have. See, today we're going to talk about worship. And when I think about worship, it makes me think about my background. You see, I wasn't raised in the Adventist church. I was raised in a church of Christ. And if you don't know anything about church of Christ, it is all a cappella music. No instruments. Only your voice. And I appreciate that. My parents are still Church of Christ members, and my mom's often watching, so if you're watching, hi, Mom. Um, but it was odd because there wasn't hand raising, there wasn't amens, there wasn't hallelujahs. So I'm still, still not completely comfortable with that, if I'm honest. And then when I was baptized in the Adventist church back in 1999, I was baptized into a small little church out in Moxville in a very conservative Adventist church. And if we're honest, most Adventist churches are pretty conservative. We're a bit of an outlier here. Thinking then to now, in 1999 when I joined the Adventist church, I would have never set foot in a church like we are. But yet here I am leading this church. It's because of a growth. As a child driving to church, we were listening to rock and roll, whatever was on the radio. I didn't listen to Christian music growing up. I listened to rock, rap, pretty much anything except country. I'm sorry if you're a country fan, it was not my thing. But I never listened to Christian music. But then once I became an Adventist, that's all I listened to. So anything from 1999 to present, I pretty much don't know what you're talking about, current music. But when I started, when I joined the church, all I listened to was very conservative music because I tried to make that switch from listening to rock and rap and all that stuff to being a Christian. And I needed that for a time period. But then there became a time when I was able to listen to Christian music, contemporary Christian music, and be blessed by it. And I could hear the message and I could feel what it was doing to me. The, how it's bringing me closer to Christ. So from where I began to where I am today, it's a pretty drastic change. But it's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about worship. And it's not just me, thank goodness, because you all know I can't sing, I can't play any instruments. So if it's all about me, we'd be in some serious trouble. So I brought some experts with me today. So we have, you guys know, Reza and Madison. I'm going to give them an opportunity to actually introduce themselves. But we also have, because I think it's important to learn from others. So we have Nate with us. Nate's not a member of our church. Nate actually leads worship at Elevation in the Triad. 
I think it's important to learn from other churches and see what they're doing and see if we can maybe do a little bit better because of it. So we're going to join this panel, and I'm going to ask Nate to introduce himself first. Good morning. Uh, my, my name is Nate, and um, they begged me to do this, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But I'm not actually British. That was just to break the ice. <laughs> uh, my name is Nathan, um, and I do go to uh, Elevation Church in the Triad, uh, Winston-Salem and Greensboro. Um, I've known these girls for, I guess, a year now. Um, I love them so much, as I'm sure you do. They're such a blessing, and thank you uh, for having me here today and letting me worship with you. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to fellowship. Um, with fellow believers or wherever you are, kind of on your on your walk with Christ. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> uh, my name is Madison. Uh, I've been worship leading here for about three years, almost. Um, and I think most of you guys know me, <laughs> but um, but it has been my honor and my privilege to be here. Um, on Saturday mornings, on Sabbaths, and just being able to worship with you guys. Um, I have learned so much. I don't even think I can put it into words how much I've learned just being here. And um, and so, yeah. What's up, guys? What's up, Risa? What's up? Happy Sabbath. You guys have put up with me for three years as well. Um, maybe three and a half. Um, I have started leading... Um, as a baby worship leader, just with a with an idea of how worship is, um, what three and a half years ago, right, Matt? And, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's been like you. It's been growth uh, from then on. Uh, it's progression, right? It's always progression, not perfection. Um, what else? I am a third generation Adventist, um, so I've been raised in the Adventist. Uh, community and belief all my life and I am so grateful that I get to serve under Matt um, as a leader with you. Well, Thank you guys for being part of this panel. The questions are actually coming in already um, and I'm going to answer the one. Um, no, I still do not listen to country music whoever you are that asked that question. I did a couple years ago go to a Garth Brooks concert uh, with Jack. Most of you may remember Jack Brown. Uh, he had free tickets, and he had an extra ticket, and then I told him, if you can find somebody to go with you that might appreciate it, take them. He couldn't, so he took me. I told him the only song I knew from Garth Brooks was Friends in Low Places. Still the only song I know from Garth Brooks. So no, I do not listen to country music, even now. So first question, a a bit of a softball I'll throw out to you guys. What is the purpose of worship? Simple. Just kidding. Um, The purpose, the purpose and heart of worship is uh, for connection and communion with God. It's as simple as that. Um, We were created to worship my purpose, our purpose, you know, breathing alive on this earth is to worship God. And um, I guess the why as to why we worship is because of a person and his name is Jesus, um, right? Worship, worth-ship, 
um, it's his worth. I think that's I think that's how I would say it. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I think like that biggest part of we were actually created to worship. Like we we were made to praise him. And there's actually there's a verse in the Bible that says that. Um, Revelation four eleven says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Um, worship is our way of connecting with our creator but I think another reason that we worship is because he deserves it he's worthy of our praise he's worthy of our adoration and the time that we give him and so um, we were created to but I think it's also you know, worship is a choice um, and so I think that's something that's really effective when you realize that and isn't it Sorry, isn't it interesting that we, it's in our very nature to adore something. It's in our very nature to worship something, right? Um, I just thought when you said that, that just popped in my mind. It's, it's innate in us. Worship is in us, and it's who we are. It's not what we do. Um, so when I read that particular question, the first thing that came to mind was relationship. Um, and how you know him to be um, personally uh, and what you know of him. And my mind actually went to uh, Psalm 34 and uh, just the first four verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and, and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And that's where uh, verse four stops. But that verse four is particularly important to me because um, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. And that's who I know him to be. And that's what makes him worthy of worship at all times. Um, whether I'm having a good day, whether I'm having a bad day, whether I got good news, whether I got bad news, I will bless the Lord at all times um, and be thankful for whatever situation uh, comes my way. I'm thankful for the quarantine. I'm thankful for COVID. I'm, I'm thankful for everything um, because that's, that's what he's worthy of. Amen. I'm thankful that I can't sing. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's, you know I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off script. Already we're going off script. And this is a question that comes from one of you guys. I won't tell who, but I know who because you texted me. So, um, And this is one that I'm a little bit more comfortable with than raising my hands. Um, why do you close your eyes when you worship? I'll do that a lot quicker than I'll raise my hand. And for me, I think for me it's because I'm still not... It's, still not completely comfortable I've joked with you guys that if you ever see me like adjust my hair that's like me wanting wanting to do that but like oh I'll just I'll do that instead <laughs> not that I'm care about my hair being done but that's it I'm still I still struggle with that so I close my eyes easier than raising my hand in worship so why do you why do you close your eyes in worship um I, I know that for I, that is a very common reaction to to close your eyes because you're nervous or um or you don't know you're trying to form your thoughts i know 
Um, and for a while it was like that for me, but um, standing, standing in a specific atmosphere and dwelling in a presence that is celestial, like something you can't really put into words, I can't help but close my eyes because I'm, I'm imagining what's going on in heaven. I'm imagining just things that things beyond my comprehension. And so when I close my eyes, I just enter into a different atmosphere, I think, inside of the atmosphere that we're in. And so it's easier for me to focus on the words that I'm saying. It's easier for me to um, be less distracted, I think, by the things that are going on around me. And, and I open my eyes to look at you guys because I love to see what you guys are doing. I love to see where your, your hearts are in this worship. But I close my eyes because um, I want to I wanna focus in on what, what God is <laughs> kind of showing me during that moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to to put into words or really just imagine what goodness and mercy looks like. You know, um, to be in that place, um, like she was saying, just just dwelling in that space where you know how good God has been to you, or you're bringing a situation to Him, or you're praying, um, or you're just giving thanks and you're being thankful and you're being solemn in that moment. You know, not, not everybody necessarily has to raise their hands or be confident in that yet because they're self-conscious. Um, and I mean, that, that tends to fade, or, or with me at least it did. I, I closed my eyes for a while because I knew people were looking at me because I was singing loud. And I was like, eh, it's not for you anyway. I'm gonna keep singing, and when I open my eyes, I'll hopefully you started singing with me. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it, it just helps strengthen the connection sometimes. And I think that something Madison, you said, is going to go into the next question, which, again, isn't part of the questions you guys know about because this is fun not knowing what the questions are. <laughs> I guess it's fun for me because I know what the question is going to be. Maybe not so much for you guys. But the question was, what will worship be like in heaven? Similarities and differences. I don't think we have that answer, um, but what we can find out. Um, but what I can appreciate is that, you know, knowing right now, as we speak right now, angels are around his throne singing the perfect praise, the perfect worship, holy, 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 right? The doxology says, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him above, ye heavenly host, praise him, yeah. And down here below, so he's, he has that going on for him, but he's also interested in what we, you know, as broken stones, as broken um, imperfect praisers or worshipers, uh, what we can offer to him. So I don't know what heaven is going to be like, um, but I'm excited to see. It's going to be loud. It's going to be, um, what, bright, right? It's, I think our human minds, I can't, comp or, you know, I can't try to even begin to imagine. Um, so when you guys find out, it's the same time I'll find out. I can't wait, I can't wait for it. 
And I think I agree with that. And I think that one thing that I think worship in heaven or just heaven in general will look like, it'll look like this. Male, female, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It's, you know, so many things in our world and our culture today are divided. Heaven's not going to be divided. It's not going to be a white part of heaven, black part of heaven. But we got to figure this stuff out. This is, I'm going on a little political tangent here, but give me, give me a little leeway. Um, we got to get past all that stuff. We got to figure out how to get along here. If we can't get along here, we might not be there. So we need to figure that stuff out. So little side, little political side tangent. But I'll, I, well, I am, I am a preacher. So. <laughs> Give me, give me a little leeway. Um, Preach. <laughs> um, I'm going get, to get us back on a question. They've got a lot more questions that are coming in, but I'll give you one that you know that's coming. Um, and it's similar to the question we just had, but what does worship look like here and now for you? What's, what's true worship look like for you guys? I think that there are two sides of worship, in my opinion. Um, there's a physical side of worship, um, for worship leaders, it's a set that we've prepared all week, um, waiting for the weekend. Um, usually it's a compilation of songs that we've put together. We've thought about the flow and how it's going to sound. Um, and that I think that also corresponds with physical expression. Um, but then there's also a spiritual side of worship, which not many people, a lot of people think about physical expression and maybe a small part of the spiritual side, maybe a generic version. But when you actually think of all that is entailed in the spiritual side, it can affect your heart, it can affect your life, and the lives of others around you. So it's so much deeper than the physical side of it, than what you guys see here in 45 minutes. Worship is a lifestyle. It encompasses everything. Um, the way that you live, your actions, your words, it, it's so much more than just standing on a stage or standing up and singing just for a few minutes. Yeah, I love that. Um, and to bounce off of what you said, worship starts with uh, knowing God. Worship starts with knowing God. The more you know him, the more naturally you are to worship him, right? As you said, it's a lifestyle, right? In 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, right? Let all you do, let all that you do behind the scenes, let all you do honor him. And so what does worship look like in my life? It's, you know, when you've accepted Christ when you've yielded your life to him. Breathing is worship. Speaking nicely is worship. Um, encouraging a friend is worship. Uh, honoring your boss is worship, right? It's not necessarily what we do, it's who we are. Amen? And these questions are coming in fast, y'all. Might not get to any more of ours. I think a lot of them are related, so you might have to figure out which ones are which. Ones are which. Um, Here's one that I hope, hope it's not a, too much of a curveball for you guys, but let's see. Um, is there a difference 
between worship in biblical times, Jesus' day, and worship now? Is there a difference in worship? Well, I am less familiar with how it looked then and how they worshiped then. Um, I can't imagine that if I moved the way that I moved when I'm in worship, that it looks entirely different um, then. Uh, I can't imagine a chorus of people singing uh, God's praises looking very different from us singing his praises today. Now, of course, there was a set of rules and uh, the law and even in the, the, the Old Testament and how to prepare for that. Um, <clears throat> but now our bodies are the temple. And I think that is kind of a segue into um, what what's in your heart. And, and for me, that goes back to relationship. So much of this will go back to relationship for me, but really what's in your heart. And I was talking with Madison earlier. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of the scripture, like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but that's in, um, whoops, lost it. That's in Luke 6 and 45. Uh, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, but then Jeremiah says, um, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things who can know it, uh, which is, again, interesting. But then over in Psalm 119, the writer says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And we learn that it, it, it's a process um, and you have to hide the word, you have to secure it. You have to make sure that it's there and hidden even when things apparently come to rob you of that word, to rob you of that goodness, to rob you of that mercy. Um, and it should be there in abundance um, because that that's what should be flowing out of you, like they said at all times. Um, like worship isn't just, I can't imagine they, they even sung that chorus and that was it. You know, it is a lifestyle, um, ups and downs, uh, but you continue to, to give worship and to give praise. That's, that's right on. <laughs> um, I think, like, looking back specifically in the Old Testament, um, when it came to worship, it seemed like there was a lot of desperation. Like, I noticed that, like, throughout all of Psalms, David is praising and pleading for God to just, you know, forgive him, basically. And, um... And like Psalm 63 says, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And another part says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. So I think that the idea of worship is consistent. The idea of dedicating praise to the creator to the one who made you i think that's consistent um it's possible that 
you know, I mean, it's always possible that people's motives are different. Maybe you're coming to him just because you realize how grateful you are for everything that he's given you in your life. Or maybe you're coming to him praising him because that's simply all you can do. That's at the point that you are just so desperate. All you can do is praise. All you can do is worship. And both of those are equally valid moments of worship. There is no greater there is no greater worship. Every everyone's worship is personal and specific to them. And I believe that the idea of worship will always be consistent because that there's one meaning of worship um, when it comes to to what it is. There's different ways of doing it, but it's always giving back to the creator. That's that's my opinion. And I think the one thing you, you just said was whether you're praising or pleading, both worship. Yeah. You know, we tend to think of worship as only the good moments. Yeah. Worship is also the bad moments. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, the kind of the difference between message and method. The message has never changed yeah. from Jesus' day to today. Mm-hmm. Methods have. Um, and methods are different between one church and another. I talked about how a lot of Adventist churches are pretty conservative. That's a method. There's nothing wrong with that method. They're good methods. But there are different ways to reach different people. So the methods can be different, but the message has never changed from then till now. So let me, I'll, I'll get back on to one of the questions you know is coming. Just to be nice, even though I keep seeing more come, so I'm going to go back to those next. So the next one you probably won't know. Um, what's the physical expression of worship? Does, does it matter? I kind of just t- touched on that about pleading versus worshiping, but that, that physical expression doesn't matter in worship. Um, you ever been to a football game? Yeah. You cheer, you, you shout at the top of your lungs, you, you go crazy, right? You do physical things. You, By the so, way, hockey is better than football. Okay. You, okay, hockey game. <laughs> and you are, you know, exhorting all this, you know, adoration to a football game and they have done nothing to your salvation well to my salvation at least um and so it's simple as that yes yes physical expression matters if you love someone you're gonna show it if I love you I'm gonna show it um you know so does that make sense yes it does matter I agree. Um, I think that when it comes to physical expression, it it does matter. Um, But I believe that it's less about the physical expression itself, and it's more about the freedom that you have to do so. And so coming into a place like this, um, you have the freedom to stand up and lift your hands and close your eyes and sing out and enjoy and in happiness and just thankfulness and there are so many people that don't have that opportunity there are so many people who don't have the blessing to praise their creator to praise their god and so um i think that we should never take that for like for advantage and that is a blessing that's right jesus is worth celebrating for you know praising your hand
going crazy for. All day, every day, I'm in complete agreement uh, with that. Um, I think, you know, I, I challenge people to consider where that internal conflict is uh, when they may feel like I want to raise my hand, but with the self-conscious notion of who is looking at me or what are they going to think of you, you know, really the follow-up is what will it matter um, what will it really matter if you're not here for them? You, you didn't, you come for community, um, but you came to worship, you know, you came to offer Christ back, um, what he's given you and that's your life. And how, how much more can you be excited about your salvation, about his grace, about his death and resurrection? Sorry. Um, and I know it's easy to get excited at like a sporting event because you're into it and you're passionate about it and it's your team um, and you're like, oh, this is so good and it's exciting. Um, well, in the same way, what has he really brought you through? What has he done for you that makes you thankful, that makes you want to give him praise, that makes you want to shout hallelujah, that makes you want to say thank you, Jesus, that makes you want to say I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for dying for me. And I'm not saying you've got to be the loudest person in the room. I'm not saying you've got to be the person that has the most attention. But are you in your heart giving him what you think he's worth? Um, and express that. You know, you don't, you don't have to be up here like this. Um, we enjoy that, obviously, but that's just kind of where it meets us, um, and that's where we feel it, you know, and you don't have to do it for our sake. It's nothing, none of this is for our sake. Um, it's for making the name of Christ bigger um, and even magnifying it in your life because when you are free to raise your, your hand, you're also free in your life to express his spirit if that makes sense, because you're less bound by the situation and the context and more free to, to live in Christ fully. I feel like I talk too much. <laughs> so next one's going to be, I'm going to throw a little bit of a bomb out there. It's one of those ones that may, may, may divide the church. It, well, it has divided churches before, uh, but I'm going to start with a scripture because it, it'll, it'll throw us out there. Exodus 15, verse 20. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. Worship wars. Why do we focus so much on methods and styles of music and is it okay to dance in worship? Just threw a bunch of stuff out there. Have fun. Um, I think that kind of ties into what we just talked about, physical expression, outward expression. I believe that um, worship when it comes to physical expression is anything that you want it to be. So if dancing is the way that you praise your creator, if you're using the temple that he's given you to praise him, then that is your that is your personal worship. That is that is the way that you praise him. 
And I don't, I don't think that it's right for anyone to judge that. So in terms of, I'm not sure if this was the question, in terms of uh, worshiping like that in triad, um, there is no right or wrong. I think it's based on preference. Um, so, you know, we aren't good at dancing. <laughs> so we, we don't choose to do that because we're, that's just not the gift that God has given us in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that I'm a good dancer. Um, singing worship music, singing loudly, raising our hands, closing my eyes, smiling while I'm singing. Those are my ways of physical expression when it comes to musical worship. Um, so, yeah. I think someone once asked me whether it's appropriate to run on the Sabbath. And I believe it depends. Depends on the person. You know, there are people when they are running, when they're in nature, they're worshiping God. Me personally, if I'm running, I'm trying to not die. <laughs> My wife made me run half marathons, many of them in one year. I have the shirts. I probably didn't do a very good job of preparing for a half marathon. I mean, it is 13.1 miles. I never ran longer than five miles in preparation for 13 miles. Not the best way to go about that. But for me, you're not going to, well, if you, if you see me running on the Sabbath, you probably should follow me because that means something's chasing me. But for others, running on the Sabbath could be get, bring them closer to God. Some people hiking on the Sabbath, being out in nature would be, would be amazing for them. For others, it wouldn't be. Um, so I, I think that goes along with what you said, Madison. It's, is it a, can we make a blanket statement that dancing's inappropriate for worship? No. It'd be inappropriate for you guys. It'd be inappropriate for me because at least they got singing. I didn't get singing or dancing. They should at least give me one of those. But, you know, I, th I worship is individual. It's, it's individual. It's a personal relationship with, between you and God. Yeah. Yes. Which kind of leads me into my next question, which, again, isn't on your list, because um, there are a lot of questions coming in. So, if worship is a relationship, and I think we've agreed that it is, um, we often just focus on the music aspect of worship. When we talk about worship at church, we think about the music. But it's actually the whole service. It's a worship service. Um, so when we think about worship, is it possible to have it be our entire lives? Like outside of church, can our entire lives be an act of worship? Um, I think the other part of worship beyond the singing and Risa touched on it earlier is honor and how we honor God in our daily lives like uh, like elevation in general is just big on honor um, just the word honor and the act of honor honoring our leaders honoring uh, other volunteers um, we're just really really big on honor and it's how we appreciate each other um, and keep keeping in mind not to 
be disrespectful. Um, so like in our daily lives when maybe you do have a, a boss or a job that's very irritating at times and you you want to do something kind of outside of the character of what would be Christ-like. Um, how do you still honor God? How do you still worship God in that moment? Um, how do you stay focused enough um, to make sure that you stay in that in the vein of worship? Because um, it is definitely not just singing. I mean, we might prepare for the song, um, but that's that's a very actually a very small piece of what we would do and, and how we would live because it's 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 well in some cases five hours on a Sunday in some cases you know maybe two or three but it's just a it's a very small part Sunday or the Sabbath is yeah it's it's about honor throughout the entire week and every day yeah perfect I think Daily worship should be a priority for each one of us. Daily worship. You know, we are a Seventh-day Adventist, but we can be seven days worshipers, right? Monday through Sunday. Um, I would even dare to say that you guys technically don't need us to have your worship and your uh, relationship with God. Does that make sense? Um, your personal relationship with God is your worship and in your day-to-day -day life, uh, I wrote down every moment of every day is an opportunity to worship, every moment. It makes me think, they talk about the 167. Now what the 167 means, there's 168 hours in a week. We focus generally on one. Church is all about one hour. What about the 167? Now, church should be those hours, too. Um, so I think that's, again, something that we all can do a little bit better at to focus on the 167 because, and not just the one hour that we're in church. So one, and I told you guys that I was going to watch that clock, and about 1230, I was going to start shutting down, and we're almost there, but I think we're on, like, question number two. Um, and there's... <laughs> And I'm not even looking at, the, really, I'm not even looking at your guys' questions. I'm looking at text messages. Um, so, but this, I thought this was a good one. Um, talking about generational gaps. Is there a difference between generations when it comes to worship? And kind of along with that, is worship in 2020 here at TAF any better or more effective than 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, no matter when it is, what do you think? Is there, is there a generational difference when it comes to worship? And how do you bridge it if there is one? I threw the curveball that nobody wanted to answer. While they're, while they're getting ready. <laughs> I think uh, a big part of that is like technology and culture. Um, I mean, we do have more advancements in what we're, we're able to do as far as um, what's in the building and how it sounds uh, and what instruments are available and how those things come together. Um, and there's definitely kind of a generational gap. Now, we like things louder, usually. Um, uh, and sometimes, you know, I know in, uh, in Winston, 
some some people would be like, hey, that's that's too loud, and the sound engineer would be like, maybe sit in the back, because um, <laughs> he had no plans of turning it down, um, and you know that that might be that might be one thing, and I don't think it's, I don't I don't like comparison. You know, I don't like, you know, like, is this better or is that better? You know, I go back to the heart is what's more true for you. Um, where, where does it where does it rest with you? Um, I like a real big outward expression. I would jump around more if I could. It's just it's a fun thing, you know, for me. But if you aren't moved in that way, and you just want to lift your hand in the air, or even close your eyes and think about his goodness, I can't, neither one of those things is, is better. So even 20 years from now, and they have even different instrumentation and different technology, the heart is still the matter. Um, yeah, and I don't think we have to ever worry if hymns are ever going to be outdated, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love the hymns. Um, as I mentioned, uh, third generation Adventist, so all I grew up uh, was, was not contemporary um, Christian music, right? All I knew were, were hymns, um, and only hymns. And um, I don't think we have to worry about dismissing the past um, and you know the history. It's in us, you know, every once in a while we do a hymn and it's so refreshing. You know, when you hear a familiar hymn, there's nothing better than that. But at the same time, scripture says, sing to him a new song, as well as see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? That's Isaiah 43, uh, 19. So God specializes in doing a brand new thing. Um, Come on. <laughs> that's what he specializes in. So there is no okay, old is out of here, let's do new. No, it's, it's what we make it, it's what we make it, it's our, it's the connection from, you know, hymns and contemporary, and um, for us it works. What do you, does it work here for us? I, I think, think so. so. <laughs> you know, so he is moving in our midst, just like that, that song, God is on the move, so, we can't stay complacent um, to old songs. We can't just sit with old songs. So I'm going to give the next question will be one with a with a little bit of a funny one, a little levity. Let's let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh, and I'm I'm going to give since you guys don't know what the question is, I'm going to give I'm going to answer it first. Okay. I give you a second or two to think about your answer. So, what is your funniest worship moment? How does messing up on stage make you feel, and what does it mean to you? So I'm gonna go first. So it was, I mean, it was maybe week two or three here at Taft, so about six years or so ago. We were a brand new church. I was up here preaching, had just started preaching, and we blew a fuse, and my mic went out. The lights went out. And the problem was, I was the only one who knew where the fuse box was. <laughs> I could see, it's right down that hallway, there's a door right there, I can see the door right from here. I could see the door that it needed to go in to get to the fuse box, but nobody knew where it was. And I was in the middle of a sermon. 
I, I couldn't really say, pause a second and run down and go. I guess I could, but so I just finished it with my <coughs> courtroom voice uh, <laughs> and basically yelled the rest of the sermon. And then as soon as I got done with the sermon, when the praise team got ready to get back up here, then I ran down the aisle, went in there, because it also killed everyone else's mic on the stage, too. So I went and flipped the breaker really quick so that when they got back up here, they would actually have sound for their instruments. Um, but, you know, it's, it's moments like that that, you know, you just roll with the punches. Um, what, did, it, did it frustrate me a little bit? Yeah. But at the same time, I probably should have told people where the breaker box was. My own fault. So that's one of my funny worship moments. I think we can definitely say uh, we are not perfect. We make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and you might not always see them, um, but we are very aware of what is going on up here. Um, I remember one time, probably like a year ago, I was on the piano <laughs> and I was trying to read the chords off of my phone and I had my phone set up right here on the front, but there's a screen, there's a screen that has different settings that the piano can like, it can make different sounds. So I was playing and I kind of tapped my phone because I was trying to change the, uh, change the page because we weren't fancy enough to have pages yet, no. <laughs> but um, um, and it, it I accidentally pressed a different setting, and all all you could hear like throughout the whole entire room was and I'm like oh no 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 no, and I changed it really really fast, but I know that people heard it, and I was so embarrassed. It was like a disco was, up in here. It was horrible. I caught it pretty fast, but it did happen. Um, I remember another time where my voice cracked um, at the beginning of What a Beautiful Name. <laughs> you were the word at the beginning, one with God. The yeah. It was pretty bad. From now on, she sings that song. Um, but, but we make mistakes. We are not perfect. <laughs> there have been a lot of moments where things have happened. <laughs> do, do you remember that one time? It was, I think, uh, Seth and Nerva was here. Uh, we tried to do... A Lauren Diggle song we all started on a different key <laughs> we were all in different keys we all started in a different key and we were like let's do that again and then you kind of just quickly brush it off like hey we're human we make mistakes try again so I think those moments like that um, I wouldn't take it back it really humbles you and it lets you guys know that we're human like you and we have mistakes like you and um it's just it's shown on stage so yeah that's it um words are are my enemy uh, actually <laughs> i said words words i don't i don't do words uh, very well in fact they uh we sung king of kings earlier and i said <laughs> reza or madison a text i said could you have picked a wordier song because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to learn that. And I hope we have, this thing is life. I don't know if you know what this is. Uh, we, it's a confidence monitor, so all of the words are here. If you ever think that we know them all, I can tell you I don't. <laughs> um, um, I really don't. And there have been several times where I've 
definitely said the wrong words. But when you do that, you have to sing it so confidently that the people think they're wrong. <laughs> that the audience questions whether or not they sung the right words and whether or not the people who were running it knew what they were doing. Uh, and they just that, had the wrong lyrics up. Yep, that's, yeah. that's exactly what happened because I was so confident. It's when you stop and you start looking around and you, you, you know you know they they really just messed up um and i did that once and i just i sung it i sung it so hard and so loud and so proud that when i was done the people asked like what happened in the back why didn't they have up the right words and i said they they did i just sung it <laughs> so that's that's something you, you just commit sometimes and it's wrong make it till you believe it um so okay here's a question you guys know is coming um, what are some practices you can employ to prepare your heart and mind for leading worship Sabbath morning? Talk a little bit about what happens kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, we actually prepared a video that we have that we can throw up here um, <laughs> to show a little bit about what we do behind the scenes, what it looks like. So, we play that video? If possible, pretty please. One of those where I know how to play it. Not sure I showed anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the breaker box all over again. There we go. Lord, I will just When it comes to our worship, experiences there is a lot more that goes into it from a behind the scenes perspective there's a lot that happens more than meets the eye it's a lot that actually happens throughout the week to prepare our hearts prepare our minds but also prepare ourselves physically we come in set up our instruments prepare site of production turn on all elements that we'll be using, as well as preparing what we're going to be saying and how we're going to use this time to fellowship with our people. Each person puts in a lot of time and effort into the atmosphere um, that we create on Saturday mornings. Uh, we put in a lot of time um, every, every week, hours, every day, um, just to make it so that when you come in, you feel welcome. The main point in all this is to glorify Jesus, and musicians and our production come together. That is um, when the magic really happens, where we create that atmosphere where people can freely worship and, and freely feel the Holy Spirit, and that is where, where the Holy Spirit can just go in and um, plant a seed in someone, help them just to grow, and that, that's, that's the whole reason why we're here. The whole reason why we're here is to glorify Jesus and glorify God. As a worship leader, you know, you have to show up week to week. You're up here on the stage, yes, um, but we're not exempt from life. We are not immune to hardship or trouble um, and problems, right? I have problems just like you do. And so, yes, I am flawed, um, but the best part about saying that is that God doesn't call the perfect. He doesn't need to choose the best. He calls the willing and he calls the available and all he needs is your yes.
Thank goodness he doesn't need the perfect. Because if he needed the perfect, if he only had the perfect up here, none of us would be up here. So, last question, then I'll let you guys sing a little bit. And I'll go down there and make sure my mic's turned off before the song starts. Um, what needs to be said to encourage worshipers here in our church? You are free to worship in whatever way you want to. You are free to stand up. You are free to raise your hands. You're free to sit down and close your eyes and just be in that moment. Worship is not something that I can, can make you do or force you or... I can give you my opinion, but worship is personal. Worship is whatever you choose to make that. So I want you guys to know that you are free to do whatever you want, even live stream wherever you are. I say that on, on in my welcomes. I say wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if, if you're in your kitchen, your bedroom, in the car, wherever you are, just be open, be free be expressive however that however that looks for you it doesn't there's no specific rubric as to what worship is worship is whatever you choose to make it but just remember that god deserves our praise god deserves the lifting of our hands and the singing of our voices he deserves every part and every piece of praise that we want to give him so i i want i want to encourage you guys to pursue that to to look into that what what does that look like for you is that standing up and not caring what other people think about you or is that sitting down and really just soaking in every single word of what this means i don't want you to be ashamed at all you can come here you can be broken you can be imperfect you, you could have a horrible week and just be here and be present. And that's, that, that is enough. That is okay. You guys are called. We are all called to worship. We were created to worship. So really just dwell in that, I think. All right, I got one more final question that just popped up. <laughs> And then uh, I have a word of prayer. And then uh, if everyone else wants to come up and start preparing, uh, play some music. This last question that just came in, um, why wasn't that good-looking piano player in the video? I don't know, I don't know, who, I don't know who sent that one in, uh, but uh, that was the last, that's what we're going to end on. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> with that word of prayer, Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship you. And whether that worship is quiet, whether that worship is soaking in what you are giving us, or whether that worship is, is praising and lifting our hands, Lord, all of it is for you. But it's all about a relationship. Without that relationship between you and us, there is no such thing as worship. And it's only in that relationship that true worship happens. So thank you. 
Thank you for always being there, always willing to be in that relationship and help us commit to that relationship as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.